This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. We're starting off a new series in a new year and I want to make sure that each and every one of you, your relationship with God is growing and it's not stagnant, that your convictions are firing like never before and drawing you closer into the presence of God. Today, we're unpacking a question asking ourselves, is the church still relevant in the broken world that we're living in? Now, the obvious answer should be, well, of course the church is relevant, but why is it that the world is not attracted to who we are as a church? Is it because we need more entertainment? Is it because we need more, you know, psychological input into people's lives? Or do we just need to once again come back to the church being the Father's house, where there's rejoicing in repentance? Are you ready for this message? Let's jump in. I'm going to ask you to stand um, now for the reading of God's Word, and then at the end I'm going to ask you to stand one more time when we pray. But today I'm going to be in the book of Luke, chapter 15, from verse 11 to 32. It's a very, very familiar passage. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Luke 15, 11 to 32. If not, the verses will be up on the screen. Here we go. Are you ready? You excited? Yes. Good. Very good. And he said, that's Jesus speaking, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him, felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard, he heard, he heard, he heard, he heard, he heard. They could not stop what was happening in the house. He heard it. There was without a shadow of a doubt there was something happening in that house. There was something happening and people outside could hear it. And he heard the music and he heard the dancing. And he called one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. And the little boy's servant said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound in full shalom. Oh, but he was angry 
and he refused to go in. Even the father came out and entreated him, tried to get him to come in. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him, and the father said to him, son, you're always with me. And all that is mine is yours, man. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this brother was dead. And now he's alive. He was lost. And now he's found. I want to talk to you tonight on the question, is the church still relevant and while you remain standing, it's quite possible that you just heard this passage being read. You saw it up on the screen. You see it in your Bibles and you wonder, I don't see that question being posed in this parable that Jesus is sharing. Is the church still relevant? We talk about two brothers. We talk about father's love. We, we always focus the story on the prodigal son who's run away and squandered the father's wealth. And how can you insert this question into this passage? Is the church still relevant? And I want to ask you a question. What do you do when it's no longer sons that are prodigal, but the church has gone astray? The church is squandering the blessings of God. And today, it's needed and necessary, it's a must that we talk about the prodigal church. What do you do when the church is so prodigal and gone that we've started entertaining the prodigals and we find no sense of relevance in the world and we're spending extravagant money to please them and entertain them instead of causing them to weep and mourn and repent? What do you do when the church is Bringing in, appointing, hiring, applauding, promoting the older brother. And the church has become a religious tomb that does not know how to dance and rejoice at repentance. Oh, this question very much is posed in this parable. Is the church still relevant? At one point it was, but is it still relevant? And don't think I'm, going to, going to be talk, I'm only going to be talking about the church because I know that you're not pastors and church planters and preachers, but it still pertains to you because you are a part of the church. And you need to ask yourself, are you relevant in a church? Or are you a prodigal? Are you squandering the blessings of God? Are you a self-righteous bigot who does not know how to dance at the sight of repentance? Let's pray because we need the Holy Spirit to move tonight. God, you've done it before, and I pray that you do it again. Holy, mighty, awesome God that you are. Please, O oh Lord, make us holy like you are holy. Help us to walk in your ways tonight. Strip away the facade of Christianity. Strip away the plastic, fake Christianity. Break us down tonight, O oh Lord. Humble us tonight, O oh Lord. Let tonight be a night where revival begins. There is a need. There is a need for the church. The church needs to be present in today's world. But let's be truly a church that's been washed by your word, that's married to you and faithful to you, Jesus, not to the world. And I pray that you would do this in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> the story is told of two brothers and a father. Very few characters. I like stories with few characters because it makes it less complicated 
But you know how you take a less complicated story and make it complicated? You have Jesus tell it. Because immediately it gets so profound and beautiful and deep and rich. It's such a simple story. And yet it's a story that really connects on so many different dimensions and levels. Here's a young man who's related, his kin, his family, his blood. He's not just a friend. He's not just adopted. He is blood. He's kin. And he severs this relationship with his father. He cuts it off from his brother. And he goes to his dad and he says, in essence, I wish you were dead. I'm not going to wait till you're dead. I want my stuff now. Give it to me. He disrespects his dad. His dad doesn't bat an eye. His dad doesn't sit there and give him a talking man. If my son ever did that to me, boy, he's going to hear five sermons. Right? <laughs> Where's my son? They hear it from me every single week. But in this particular parable, the father gives it to him. And when you look around the world today, there are people who have the blessings of God. There are people who have talents, man. The world, oh my gosh, the talents in the world, it just blows my mind. Because God has blessed us. Our God is a creative God. I mean, our God is so awesome that he created humor. But there are people who don't give that glory to God. They don't recognize God. But they take the blessings and they go and they squander it on their own selfish passions. But now a believer or the church is not without fault when it comes to this. Because even in the church today, we see when believers have taken the blessings of God, but we really aren't submitting to the true shepherd who is Jesus. And we're doing our own thing. And we find in today's context, the church has gone prodigal. The church has gone rogue. Can I get an amen? Amen. If you've not seen the church go rogue, you either are fooling yourself or you're blind. The Bible says in the last days, people will come preaching a different gospel. The different gospel doesn't say Jesus is not God, man. They will talk about Jesus, but they will present a different Jesus from what the Bible talks about. They will present a Jesus that will... Is this We'll, get, we'll dive into it. But this is a Jesus that's, that's off, that's wrong. And I've heard this false gospel in this valley. I've visited churches that are growing, that are full, that are plenty. Very trustworthy looking older white men who are pastors. False gospel. And the church has gone prodigal. I dare you to go to churches and wait and watch how many minutes it takes for them to start talking about a building fund or a project they're raising money for. No, we've gotten too used to it. Churches have become another business. And I know I'm speaking to a church. I know. But what we call church today is not the church that we see in the Bible. The church has gone rogue. The church is the prodigal son today. They've taken the blessings and they want it the way they want it, when they want it. They want to spend the money in the way they choose to. They want to do what they think is best. They're not listening to the chief shepherd who is Jesus. The church is not innocent in this. The word prodigal means spending money or resources freely and recklessly, wastefully, extravagant. And I actually, when I've, when I've spoken to other pastors on this, they say, we need to be extravagant in the way we spend because grace is extravagant. Ooh, ooh, the way to twist the gospel, man. 
You know, churches used to be when a guy would go and evangelize, begin to disciple people, and then those disciples begin to evangelize and disciple more people and more people and more people, and the church was formed, not putting out a job search for someone from across the country to move over here who have no clue about who you are, and he's going to care for your soul. What kind of a shepherd is that? A shepherd knows a sheep by name. No. Today we have hirelings. We have gunslingers. Oh, no, this ministry is dying. Hire a guy who can come, who can play a guitar. That's not a worship leader, man. That's a prodigal church. If this message doesn't connect with you, 50 years from now they listen to this and your grandchildren will be like, why, Dad, why didn't you listen to this guy? Because this is true. The church has gone prodigal. What is a church? Church has been a fixture in civilization over the past generations and decades. In every culture, you find a history of a church over there in India, man. You had the Marthoma Church that was planted by the, 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 the disciple Thomas himself. And it's beautiful how throughout history in different cultures, you see church in some way, shape, or form. But the Bible says that the church is a body. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, it says that it's a body. Uh, Jesus is before all things. This is Colossians 1, 17. Jesus before all things, and in him, all things hold together. In him, we worship, we said, anyone in Christ, in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning. Anyways, Jesus is the head. We're the body. So the church is a collection of people, different people that look so different. I love that every time I come to this church, there's different age groups of people. That's exactly what the kingdom of God is going to be like because truth is always going to connect to every single person who's looking for truth no matter who you are. That's what the kingdom of God is going to look like when you go to heaven. It's going to be all tribes, tongues, nations, all different kinds of people together because we're one body in Jesus. He is the head. He's the one who leads you. He's the one who provides for you. He's the one who anoints you. He's the one who speaks to you. He's the one who heals you. He's the one who disciples you. He's the one who guides you. He's the one who breaks the enemy's legs. He's the one who destroys the enemy's plans. It's him and him alone. Not some program, not some book, not some preacher, not some songs. It's Jesus. The church is people who are one body in Jesus, united in his purpose. And his purpose is to bring salvation to the lost. But the church will not be relevant to a lost world if we ourselves are lost. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.